Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, July the 29th, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. UK's top sanctions regulator has issued landmark guidance for all companies involved in maritime trade, instructing them to pay closer attention to vessel behaviour, company structures and potentially forged documents. The Office of Financial Sanctions Implementation warns that a variety of tactics are deployed to confuse or conceal the identities of vessels, cargo, routes and ports all of which means banks, insurers, traders and others could be unwittingly exposed to the illicit movement of goods and funds. According to a new report from COFAS, the credit insurance provider, Central and Eastern Europe could benefit from a post-pandemic relocation of industrial supply chains. COFAS points to the region's low labour costs, educated and skilled workforce and relatively good infrastructure as reasons why this might be the case. The research highlights the automotive industry as one particular sector that could see future production shift to the region as industrial manufacturing moves from the west to the east of the continent. Another news, British MPs have expressed relief that the government's mysterious Project Defend will not involve localising supply chains. As part of Prime Minister Boris Johnson's so-called Project Defend, civil servants have been working on plans to reduce Britain's reliance on China for key imports, such as vital medical supplies. Currently, details of the project are still vague. However, a new report from the International Trade Committee has shed some light on the plans. Comments by Trade Secretary Liz Truss, included in the document, suggest that onshoring supply chains is off the cards. The cross-party committee welcomes these comments in the report and notes that such a shift could have unintended consequences. Onshoring may affect the price of goods and lead to tit-for-tat actions by other countries, the committee says. Now we turn to a major story from last week. The Singaporean commodity sector has been rocked by a series of crises this year, and now Hontop Energy has become the latest oil trader to be embroiled in a fraud scandal. The Singaporean branch of the Malaysian bank CIMB has accused Hontop of creating elaborate fake trades and forging documents in order to obtain finance. It's also a worrying development for the city's state's financial sector, the recent collapses of fellow traders Agritrade, Hinleong and Zenrock had already left banks wary of providing further finance to the sector, despite regulators' insistence it remained healthy overall. Earlier, I spoke to senior reporter John Basquill about the charges CIMB are levelling at Hontop and what this means for Singapore's commodity sector. So the article uh, is essentially looking at court documents filed by uh, the Singapore branch of CIMB, the, the Malaysian bank, um, documents that were filed at the start of July. Uh, those those documents consist of an affidavit from the bank's head of trade finance in Singapore and a whole load of supporting documents. Um, the simplest way of looking at it is that the bank is claiming Hontop Energy engaged in fraudulent trading activities uh, and isn't in good financial health. Um, so the bank doesn't trust Hontop to be able to repay money that it owes, uh, and so external auditors should be placed in charge of the company by the courts. Um, what we did with this article was dig into the specific allegations of fraud that CIMB makes. 
there are um, there are a couple of transactions that it that it talks about. Um, the second one is is more complex, um, and and I've emphasised this is the bank's allegations. Um, so, in that second transaction, Hontop applied to the bank to to CIMB for a letter of credit to support a back to back oil transaction. Uh, so essentially, they were they were buying crude oil from one trader, selling it onto another at a slight slight margin. Um, uh, CIMB rejected that application uh, because the end buyer, which was a company called Mitsui and Co Energy Trading, uh, wasn't an approved buyer from the bank's perspective. Um, so Hontop came back then with a new application. This was about eight hours later, and this time the transaction was the same, but the end buyer was BP. Hontop um, had included some emails to and from staff at BP as kind of supporting evidence, and because BP is considered a, a creditworthy buyer, CIMB then issued the letter of credit. Um, then, a couple of months later, this is when it started to unravel, so CIMB went to collect the money from BP. BP say, said they had no knowledge of the transaction, um, and uh, the bank investigated what had gone on and now believes Hontop faked those emails from BP in order to obtain financing. Uh, and that that casts doubt on what happened to the oil, uh, that cargo of oil, whether or not it existed in the first place. Um, so after that, the bank's legal team has continued looking into the transaction. Um, I won't go into it now, but they've essentially found there was a history of um, questionable activity. Uh, and other traders in the chain have also come forward to suggest documents may have been altered. Um, payment messages may have been altered and, and, and so on. Um, so ultimately, uh, I just say at the heart of this, these allegations that Hontop Energy engaged in fraudulent activity in order to obtain financing from CIMB. So what have Hontop said in response to this? Uh, this is less clear. Uh, we haven't seen any response from Hontop through the courts yet. Um, so uh, to, to those specific claims. And we couldn't speak to Hontop ourselves. As far as I'm aware, they haven't commented on these claims anywhere. Um, however, the the bank documents, um, the CIMB documents, do include some information on Hontop's response. They say Hontop is blaming a former general manager, uh, an employee who was uh, basically acting without proper authorization, without without permission from the board, uh, when drawing down trade finance facilities. Uh, the the documents say for that reason Hontop is is not accepting liability for improper conduct because uh, it was one rogue individual. Uh, but we're still waiting to see how, how that will play out. And how much money are CIMB looking to get back from Hontop? And how precarious is the trader's financial situation? Yeah, CIMB is is trying to recover $105 million US dollars uh, from Hontop. Um, however, the the court documents mention other liabilities to, to other banks. So they list a total of $468 million uh, in outstanding liabilities to various banks, uh, plus another $60 million to unsecured creditors. Um, the documents also say that the vast majority of Hontop's assets are in trade receivables, other receivables, um, and those are valued at around $720 million. Unless all of those are recovered, CIMB believes Hontop is not in a position uh, uh, to meet its outstanding debts. So the bank's opinion is that Hontop is insolvent or is likely to be insolvent. Um, and that's why it wants the court to appoint external managers uh, who will essentially restructure the company, try and recover what they can, uh, and ultimately try and pay off 
uh, some of those debts. And John, what does this all mean for the Singapore commodity sector? Yeah, the wider concern here is that this isn't a one-off. Um, as I'm sure, as I'm sure you'll know, in the last few months we've seen the collapse of um, AgriTrade, Hinliong, uh, and Zenrock. Uh, all of them oil traders based in Singapore. Uh, and again, in each of those cases, there are serious allegations of fraud, double financing, fake trades, and and so on. Um, so that uh, combination has made banks pretty nervous about providing finance to the oil trading sector, as you can imagine. Um, Regulators in Singapore have tried to reassure banks, kind of urging them not to de-risk, not to withdraw from the sector as a whole. Um, but clearly, uh, more needs to be done to, to, to reassure uh, trade finance lenders. And what we're expecting next is uh, the, the publication or the production of, of some kind of draft code of conduct. So this is a, a joint project involving banks in Singapore, uh, regulators, trading companies and, and, and so on. Um, none of that's really public yet, other than the initial announcement. But uh, what we're hearing is the emphasis is going to be very much on transparency, on supporting the due diligence process. Um, There is some talk, which is quite interesting, um, that some kind of registry could be created. So bills of lading, cargoes and so on could uh, could be listed centrally and banks could uh, 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 could kind of check that central register before approving an application for for trade finance. But um, apparently, from what we've heard, there's not a lot of detail around those proposals yet. There are still uh, questions about how you'd get something like that off the ground, you know, in terms of technology and so on. Um, So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.